Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Just Another Human Story. This week we've got Dom coming to have a chat with us. He loves DMB and is just starting a building apprenticeship next week. So we'll get into that in just a second. For now, I just want to um, thank you, first of all, for coming back and listening to another episode. And welcome if this is your first episode. Um, we've got we've got a Facebook page coming along. You might have seen Instagram and stuff. Uh, it'd be great to see you guys start interacting and sharing that kind of stuff. And of course, follow the podcast on Spotify, turn on notifications all that kind of business. Um, yeah, and if you are enjoying it and, and you're getting sank out of it, I guess what I'm saying is I just ask that you share it with one other person this week. Maybe they'll get a smile on their dial or just understand another human better. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. I believe we all want a chance to share our story, and we should. Whether our story is being cut off by traffic or uplifting our whole life and moving to the other side of the world, someone out there could be encouraged by it. My name's Paige, and this is just another human story. Alright, well welcome to the studio, mate. How's it going? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, it was nice playing a little round of FIFA with you before we started Yeah, to record. I'm sorry I started on you so hard. Yeah, I don't often say people say to people that they're better than me at FIFA, and I'm still not going to, man. One game doesn't tell a full story. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to play a second game, that's why. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alright, so who, who are we talking with this week? Uh, my name's Dominic. Dominic, and uh, you got any nicknames? Uh, DJ Dom the Bomb, apparently. DJ from, Dom the Bomb. From Nolte. <laughs> The real, <laughs> the real Dom Dollar, that's right, that's another one. And uh, what, are you, what are you currently doing for work, Dom? Uh, at the moment, as I'm speaking right now, nothing, but I've <laughs> got a builder apprenticeship lined up that I'm starting next week. Hey, man, good to hear. Uh, and what do you do for fun? Oh, fuck. i got like three, four things that you can describe, like you can put under my name and you can be like, oh, that's, that's definitely Dominic. Um, there is... Four-wheel driving, love my car, even though it's like broken down at the end of the road at the moment. Um, <laughs> gaming, uh, rugby league, and uh, drum and bass. Yeah, you probably are one of the people I think of first for those four things. <laughs> Which one's your favourite? Oh. oh, that's a tough one. The one that I care about the most is probably drum and bass, but the one that I have most fun doing is four-wheel driving, but that costs the most. Definitely costs the most. Good old Zook Hub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the size, bro. It's how you use it. Ooh. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, what was life like going up, man? Where did you live? So, I started out in Oriwa. I did start out in Oriwa. Um, my parents were together for most of my childhood. I say that. I lie. Um, they were, they split in O2, but my dad was always in Silverdale and my mum kind of moved around just based off what she did for work and stuff. Yeah. Um, coming up, I moved schools a lot. I started at Oru College, well, not even college, Oru North Primary, then went up to Mount Eden for a couple of years, ah. then back down to Oriwa, then up to Walkworth for year five and six. Did Maharangi, year seven. Then my mum decided to move to Australia. 
um, because she had some fucking, she was bad, she had very bad taste in men. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and apart from my dad, we'll say that. Um, but she moved to Australia and I was thrown into the midst of deciding whether I wanted to move to Australia or not. And so me at the time, it was fucking hard on me, but I decided to stay with my dad for a, for a year. Was planning to do for longer, but... What kind of age was that? Like 12, 13. Oh, okay, yeah. So... Pretty young still. Yeah, yeah. It was the term three holidays. Uh, My dad was planning to take me to America, and my mum was moving over to Australia at the same time. So I was going on a trip to America (laughs) while my mum was moving away from home, and there was this whole dilemma that my mum might have cancelled my passport so I wouldn't have been able to go. Oh, so what? we had we were like well my parents were panicking. My stepmom and dad were like slightly panicking that my passport might be cancelled. But luckily it wasn't. Mum had already gone, so she had gone two days before I left. And then yeah. Did my last year at Mahu in year seven, driving up from Silverdale to Puhoy, catching the Puhoy bus to Walkworth. Every day, every morning. Yeah, every morning. What's that commute time for school? Oh, like 40 minutes. It wasn't very fun. But, oh man, that was a time where I had like a, a mobile phone where it was like the buttons for text. And I would spend all my credit on going on Facebook and looking at, uh, what is it? Bad Luck Brian memes. Bad Luck Brian. That is such an old meme. <laughs> and then from there, year eight, uh... Oh, memes have come a long way. <laughs> they have come a long way. Not just top text, bottom text anymore. Um, and then year eight, I stayed with my dad. Went to Oro College, which was cool. Had a, like was token fun for the first first three months because it was like running into all my like old old mates. Even though half of them I didn't even get along with anymore. Yeah, but then so after year eight. Um, I miss my mum and sisters way too much because my mum moved over with my sisters as well, my two sisters. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I was struggling really hard. My teacher was really good with it though, yeah. um, Miss Shepherd. Awesome teacher. Um, and so I decided to move over. Um, moved over, and fuck, it was not easy starting in Australia at a school when everyone calls you sheep shagger. <laughs> they all make fun of the way that you say the number six and it's just... Oh. Where, where in Aussie was it? Uh, Hunter Valley. So if you have no idea where anywhere is in, anywhere in Australia is apart from Sydney, it's above Sydney. Um, Newcastle's above Sydney and then just below Newcastle inland a little bit so is, is Hunter Valley. Past like the central coast or are we between Sydney and the ah, central so like, coast? And like when you go along the motorway, you go from Sydney, Central Coast, Cessnock, or Hunter Valley, and then Newcastle. So it's like both Newcastle and Sydney are on the coastline. Central Coast is kind of like a little bit on the coastline, a little bit north. Yeah. And then if you go up more, that's when you run into Hunter Valley. Uh, so you're a wee way away from places we actually know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Apart from, unless you follow rugby league, the the great Andrew Johns was uh, a Cessnockian. Shout out to Andrew Johns. Yeah, shout out Andrew Johns. Um, <laughs> what team did he play for? Newcastle Knights. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it? yeah, when they yeah. were good. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then what from there? So year eight. So over there you go back a year as well. So I went there for year nine, but was actually put in year eight because Australia systems cooked. And well, they just finish. They only got to year twelve. Yeah, but they start like their year one for us is kindergarten. Huh. Yeah. So it's cooked. Why wouldn't you just start from one? Who knows? We'll we'll, we'll touch on. On Australia. the Australian education system, another, another <laughs> time. Maybe we'll start a series. You and I will. We'll take on the Australian system. <laughs> um, so you're over there. You got to see your sisters again. You got to hang out with mum. Mm. School was shit though. Oh, school was so shit. Well, it took it took a while, but I got into a crowd. I was in the shit crowd for the first year. Then the second year there, I got into a better crowd. But man, I had no motivation. I was. I, at the end of the year, this is just something that sticks in my head. I had 45 days absent in the year. And when you think about that, that's eight weeks. That's almost a whole term. That's eight weeks of school. Yeah, you yeah, I, a lot of school. I, and man, I, I, I was trying to. Like, I didn't want to go to school. Yeah. I didn't have any motivation. Just my teachers were terrible. A bit of bullying or just... No, nah, no. Nah, I mean, after about four months... The sh- shagging stuff. Yeah, everything. Everyone got over that. I just combated it by saying, yeah, bro, they're mean ass. What do you do? Fuck kangaroos? Ooh. Gee, why do they just kick you in the dick? That's sad. <laughs> What's the good one? It's like, you're a sheep shagger, yeah, but you eat it. Fuck, I have not heard that. I've got to use that <laughs> next time I go over. <laughs> yeah, no, I learned to live with it and they stopped bullying me. I mean, I still had... I mean, it was popular with the girls, though. Everyone was like, and then yeah just that that went on my whole time i was in australia it was just them talking about like oh oh what comes after five it's like don't know sorry you're gonna have to tell me yourself is is it six six i'm like no it's six oh he said it he said it (laughs) it was it was good because i got a lot of attention (laughs) but yeah and then how long did you how long did you stay in Aussie for in the end? Uh, two years. Sounded, yeah, it sounded like you wanted to get oh, yeah, right, I, I, right the back out. I made probably the most adult decision I'd ever made in my life, which was um, I'm not learning anything here. I had more discipline when I was living with my dad, even though it was only a sample size of a year. Um, so I was like, I'm going to move back. And so my dad was like, I, like, no problem. I'll accept you back. But you have to stay here for the rest of school. And I was like, okay, I can do that. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. You've already flopped there and back one time. Yeah, it was. Give it a good go wherever you land yeah. up, I guess. Just didn't want that trend to continue. So I just like all of a sudden keep on changing jobs or whatever in the future. But yeah, so moved back to New Zealand. We came back to the stomping ground for a second time. Saw everyone else... Two years later, skipped a year technically, <laughs> didn't do year 10, and then yeah, just cruised around uh, at Oro College until end of, end of schooling. Uh, what did you do? What did you do co-curricular wise? Oh, what sport didn't I play? I would, I was so competitive. I'd play any sport I could, anything I could get my hands on. I'd pick it up quite fast, just not master it very fast. Which is probably the idea with most sports, but damn. So I started playing league 
well, I played rugby first because my mum didn't want me to play league for whatever reason. She had a vendetta against it. And then, so... Yeah, well... <laughs> That's right. Oh, mainly, oh, mainly it was because the I was always very a small guy. Like I was bottom three, smallest in my class, or every year, every year without a doubt, until oh, I got to about now. yeah twelve. Yeah, no, tell, me <laughs> tell me about it, man. I wish I could grow a little bit more. Hey, um, you are you are perfect the way you are, Dom. Oh, thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Oh, that means so much. <laughs> um, no, nah, and so I played rugby because it was weight. De- Weight division. Was that at the Mighty Silver Dollar? That was at the Mighty Silver Dollar. Hey. Yeah. And um, second year playing, my dad and our manager got coach and manager of the year and we won our comp. I've never, I've never won. You've never won? I've never won. Oh, this was like J6 or whatever. Even like high school, I've been to two finals and we lost both of those finals on the last play by a penalty kick. No, no, one of them was a penalty kick and one of them was a converted try. Get this, when I was at Oro College playing first 15, Mm. we uh, got to the final and we were up 17-0 at halftime. Oh no. Bro, full time comes along, in score, no shit, 19-17. Oh. Oh, not, not, not my happiest day bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I played rugby for about two years and my dad was like oh get you in the league and so he because I was at Walkworth at the time so this would be like when I was 10, 11 he would pick me up from school on a Wednesday drive me all the way down to East Coast Base down the road and train there on a Wednesday he was a coach so he only let it be a Wednesday like other teams would do Tuesday, Thursday he was like, nah, got my son on a Wednesday, we'll, we'll train on Wednesday. <laughs> so, man. yeah, I know, the man. And so we played, uh, I played league for about six years. Yeah. And we had some pretty good success. Like, one of the years we've got, like, a, our team photo of us all celebrating at the end of, like, our last game. And we had, we got our points for and against and our wins and losses put on each side of the, oh. of the picture. And so our four was, like, 492 like 120 against and then our wins was 15 one loss one draw oh not a bad season no it was a great season <laughs> it's funny how we will get to what are, what are you how old are you now uh 21 and how old when that happened like 12 <laughs> we, it's funny though how we remember our sport yeah. whatever it was however old we were we're like i still remember wrestling and mm. doing really well like we're just if we yeah. get a chance to talk oh, about it, we're like, I, boom, <laughs> back in my day, son. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you something else. Um, our inter-schools for rugby, I got selected for the team. And so I was playing league at the same time. Except this was two years after we won. We did really good in that comp. Yeah. I was last year at Mahu. And, well, year seven at Mahu. And we were playing inter-schools. And I was playing for rugby. I was like second five. Or sometimes half, but it was like depending on the game, whatever. And so the weekend, we got to the grand final and our coach was just like a hard ass. Like he was just so strict, so aggro all the time. And he was obviously a player's son, a player's dad, player's son. Um, And he, so like we got to the final and the weekend of, so we were playing the final as as a curtain raiser. At North Harbour Stadium. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, it was like way before anyone got into the stadium though, but it was still there. And 
So that was on the Sunday. And on the Saturday, I was playing league. And so I was playing for, because I was so small and I was so close to like being born the year before, I basically snuck into under 13s when I was like 14 or something. I can't remember how it was, but um, I was playing for Glenfield Open. So open weight. And so I was like, it was still the rule where you had to pass from dummy half all the time unless you're in your own 20. And so it was a tap. It was the last play of the game. And I was like, screw it. I haven't had a run all game. I normally play hooker. So I had a run. Ran straight into two boys. Picked me up. Slammed me on my back. I was fucked. I had to get carried off. Like, like arms arms over over necks and like being like helped off. And I was, I was so bad. I, so that afternoon, my dad was like, I sit up. Glorious forever pain pain is temporary that's that's the one thing i remember from what he said is like boys forever pain is temporary like you should like you can play tomorrow i never saw my back but i heard it was purple like my lower back was purple from Ooh. just the slam it was not good and then so like did I, you play I the next day i did i did play the next next day but i like our team was so good i barely touched the ball i touched it about two or three times but i made sure i i got rid of it i made no, i think no i made I think I may have done one run, but it was like, this team was so, like, they were like paper towels. Like, they just fucking jump, in, jump at you and then they just slip off. It was like, it was like the easiest game of our lives. And then I like, had one run, whatever happened, like, probably went to the ground super quick. It was like, oh, put it back. And uh, just before halftime, I remember kicking it out. And so I was expecting the coach to be real mad because, like, the hooter went and it was like, last play. And I was like, no, nah, boot it out. And so boot it out, coach... Coach came after the, after halftime, was like talking, he was like, you didn't need to do that, but that's all good. I'm not mad. This was the first time this coach was calm. And we ended up winning that game like 28 to 14 or something. Oh, so not a, you didn't trollop them. But no, no, but it was like, it was, a, it was an easy game. <laughs> it was an easy game. Like we had played harder games than that. But yeah, that was another, another grand final victory. And it stays locked in there. Oh, yeah, it's, it's locked in there. It's not going anywhere. When you're a little bit sad, you sit outside and go, man, I want two comps. I could have I could have really been something. No, <laughs> no, no way. Um, so when you're, when you're around that kind of age, what did you dream of? Like, did you have, man, I really want to go do this for a job? See, or see. So there was two things that I always had in my mind while I was, like, young. Was, one, I wanted to be a vet. Just because I was good with animals, and like someone was like, "Oh yeah, you can, you can, you're really good with animals. You'd be a great vet." And I was like, as I grew up, I was like, "Fuck, that's a lot of studying. <laughs> that's a lot of debt. And if there's anything that I am, it is I'm a cheapskate, and I do not like debt. So I'm like, I'll avoid uni as much as I can." <laughs> and so I was like, "Nah, that was off the tables." But then I was really interested in um, coding. I was like, "Oh, how does that work? How does this work?" So when I went to when I came back from Australia to go to Ira College, I was like, well, I joined digital or whatever it was and started doing some coding. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. This, this is how it works. Second year doing it, hated it, hated it. So I was like, oh no, what am I going to do now? And to be fair, I still have no idea. <laughs> there's, there's one thing that I have, like that I want to grow up to be, and that's to be a dad. That's like my dream is to be a dad. And so anything I'm doing now is to set me up to be a good dad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it. So you're not, you're not too worried about having a job or a career. You're like, I'll 
As, I'll do something long... to make money and yeah. but, but you're doing it so you can build the rest of your life. Yeah. And nice. I, I wanna like I wanna build the right foundations for what is to come. Mate, you're about to learn all about foundations as you start building. Yes, <laughs> no, I can't wait. <laughs> Starting on a new build too, so Yeah, alright, so we've already kind of slipped into what's happening now, what's next. Mm. But talk us through that. So you said you're about to start a building apprenticeship. What have you done between you clearly didn't think you're going to end up doing one. What have you done between... No. <laughs> so, my dad came into me and, uh, when I was... Uh, I think I was gaming at the time. He came in and he was like, what are you going to do for a job? And he was like, really mad. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And I, I'd only had one job at the time. And that was... Um, I was working as an adventure guide at the Suwadao Adventure Park. Oh. Also known as the Auckland Adventure Park nowadays. Okay, so you were working at the adventure park? Yeah, that was actually so much fun. It was so good for working around school because I, I, mean, I was 16 when I got got the job. I applied for it and then like, it was my first job I ever applied for. And I was like, I went there for an interview and this guy was just basically showing me the whole place and being like, oh, this is what you're going to do. I'm like, fuck, I've already got the job. Oh, damn, that was the easiest <laughs> job. That was the easiest interview I've ever had in my life. This is the only interview you've ever yeah. had in your life. <laughs> and um, so... Yeah, I started working there because that was only on week, only open on weekends and holidays. So it was like perfect for school. Like if I wanted extra money during the holidays, I could work extra hours, and that's how I got into it. And man, when I turned eighteen, start times were at ten o'clock, so I could still go out the night before. It was so good, but man, I was naked at the end of it. It was way easier to do that at eighteen. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, bro, I'm like up at eleven. I'm like. Uh, I think of I think of the times when I worked at Macca's and you you know in summer when you're still high school age you just it doesn't matter what night of the week it is no we we would just find a beach bro and we'd just go have a beach party but you day after day after day wake up feeling pretty dusty go serve some dude a bloody Big Mac and then go do it all again yeah I could not I could not do that now. If no, you, I could not woke up, If I woke up on a Saturday morning after a Friday, big Friday night, and you asked me to go make a Big Mac, <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely tell you where I'm telling you to shove it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it was, it was easy as. I mean, slight, well, not scary, but like, it was funny because one of the, one of my workmates got me into the nightlife and everything. So we'd be dusty together. It was great. And then we'd like shit on each other if they had work the next day. It's like, oh, bro, you got work the next day and you're not going? Oh, come on, G. Come on, bro. You, old you would have. Just and objectively, then... there's, I've just realized how bad it is, but there's a whole bunch of like hungover people yeah. making sure. <laughs> like you're sending people up on a swing. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they're going down on a zip line and if they're not buckled in properly, like could be life-threatening so it's like oh no it's good fun yeah oh look we've all done it yeah no one's gonna come roll you now nah god no no nothing bad happened i don't think I no assume. no no bad injuries no actually happened stories. while i was in it no 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 but um yeah so after that what what did i do for work fire up yeah i was far after school finished i was lost i was like what am i gonna do for work i need a full-time job and so I planned an OE. Here we go. I planned an <laughs> OE and um, I was like, sweet. Okay. At the time I was head over heels over this international girl that had just gone home. 
And so I was like, I want to I wanna go on this OER, I want to see her, and I want to see all my other international friends, because I made international friends only in year 13. Yeah. Well, in the year 12 and year 13. So I was planning to go to... I was planning to go to England, I was planning to go to Germany, planning to go to France and um, Austria. And yeah, so I was like planning to go to all these places. And so I was like, I need a full-time job. So I was like, this is only going to be for a little while. So I tried to get a job with my girlfriend's dad. And he's a carpenter. So he's a chippy builder, whatever you want to call it. And so I was just helping him with this place. Just putting up fences and uh, redoing some flooring. Yeah, so and just doing some labouring. Yeah, just basically doing some labouring. I mean, he'd leave me on site then, I'd just be nail-gunning fences up. So, it was, I mean, it was easy, and I was, like, painting and stuff. I was doing that for, like, two months, but then work ran out, and so I was, like, two months away from my OE. And so I was thinking, I was like, ah, okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get a full-time job, and I'll just save hard. So I started, I applied at Pack and Save, worked at Packy. Worst job I've ever had. And... Pack just Silverdale? Yeah, yeah. No, not Silverdale. Albany. Oh, no. And I'd start... Oh, I was when online had just become a thing. So I'd start at 6 o'clock, which was 15 minutes after everyone else. I love that. But I had one of the only full-time shifts that online had. There was two full-time shifts. No, three. There was, like, manager and two full-timers. And that was me. And I was so lucky to get that. And I just slaved... Slaved away. Just Never got to see the sunrise. Walking around shopping for someone else. Yep, pretty much. It was easy as, but man, it was just like so demoralizing being in there with just artificial lighting the whole time, not seeing the sun come up once you're like, because you leave when it's, yeah, you leave for work when it's dark. And, and it, like, you get home and it's dark. No, no, because you finish at three, so it was actually not that bad, but it was like, but like, because you, like, you just don't see the, the day go by. It's, like, just demoralizing. Or oh, well, have fun with building in winter. The plus side is a lot of the time you get to go out into the sun. Yeah, yeah when the sun is out. But you're definitely working in Waterview, bro. You're definitely leaving when it's dark and getting home when it's nearly dark. Yeah. In the middle of winter. Yeah, no. I've... But it's not the worst, because no. that's the great thing with building, I found. Yeah, out in the, at least in the nice yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. it's better than sitting behind a desk for eight hours a day in like a big office building. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. Oh, that reminds me, I had a little job for a trial job for a week where I was a cold caller. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <no>. So, um, <laughs> one of my rugby league teammates, his dad, balling, balling, has his own company, sold it, remade the company based on the same premise, like premise, and it was just cold calling, cold calling and selling Facebook advertisements. And sitting, bro, sitting in an office, like, in a chair for, like, eight hours, calling people, getting rejected over and over again. Bro, I was getting up and going to the toilet, like, 20 times a day, because I needed to move. And so that was when I was like, damn, I guess an office job isn't for me. And also, cold calling, it takes oh. a certain type of person to... Yeah, Because the first thing, when you, someone answers the phone, they're like, hey, who are you? Why are you calling? And you try to do a sales, they're like, oh, nah. Yeah, it's like, right, <laughs> it's stick to the script, but also be more human. Don't stick to the script. And it's, oh, the art of the sale, never going to learn it. That's not for me. But then... You're not close to going on your OE, though? Yes. Something I, happened? Yes. Why do you have to bring it up? Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, so I was ready for my OE. I had changed my money into uh, Euro, so I had... 
all my all my savings was in euro and I had my flights and everything booked. I had hostels planned hostels planned. I had like I had my first day organized and then from there I was like I'm gonna wing it from here. I'm just gonna wing it. I'm gonna have the first day was in Barcelona, I was going to have this, this and this to do in like the first few days and then from there I'm just gonna float. But you were ready to go. I was you, so ready you... to go. Yeah, I was ready to go but I think at the time, a little bit inside me was like, like, I'm not ready. Like, I was a bit scared. Like, a part of me was like, just, man, I'm going by myself. This is scary. But, so, a week before, I was, I was like, I, I, I want to I wanna have a night out before I go. So, it was the weekend before. I had a bunch of money because I had been saving so hard. I was like, I'm going to buy a fuck ton of booze and I'm going to get hammered and then we're going to go out and party bro had half a bottle of vodka with some red bull nice good apparent i part i blacked out before i even had like left pre-drinks and it was like just <laughs> it was me me meso and my main his meso at his meso's place and i was like i don't even remember and then apparently i was like passed out on the bed and Missa was angry at me. She was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, I'm fine. Apparently, this is this is just hearsay, yeah. what I've heard. Because <laughs> you're blackout. Yeah, I was blackout. <laughs> and so, we ended up taking a photo in the bathroom. There's a photo of me like, all fluttery eyes, barely open, like, and then it's like, okay, it's time to go. And so, I remember this part. My In my mind, I was like, damn, what's the fastest flight? I could beat everyone downstairs if I just jump off the deck. And so I was going to do that. I I went to the sliding oh door. Oh my gosh. I went to the sliding door and I opened it. And then my mate was like, what are you doing? And then I like looked back and I closed it in front of him as we're looking eye to eye. And then the screen <laughs> is between us. And then I turn around and I go over the fence. And so I try to put my feet in the, in the pickets and the like the decking fence. And mind you, this is probably like, you could probably jump like a, an average... Like any six foot guy could jump and touch the bottom of the stick. This was not very high. Like if I was sober yeah, and did a that, a couple meters in the air. Yeah, well, I mean, like yeah, like a meter, um, one point eight meters, two meters. Like it wasn't that high, right? And so if I thought about this so much up like afterwards, if I was sober, I could just jump off, get a bit of ground shock, and then that would be that. And so I climbed over, facing the sliding door. My mate's watching me still, by the way. He's still behind the screen watching. He's like, "What the fuck is he doing?" And then, so I like, I climb over the fence. I try to get my feet in the pickets. They won't fit. They won't fit straight. But if I angled them, they oh, would have fit. No. And so I dropped myself. I'm like, oh no, I can't pull myself up. Probably could have. Drunk me didn't think so. I was like, I'm going to have to drop. Dropped. Don't remember falling. Don't remember hitting the ground. But I remember being on the ground and fucking hurting. And apparently I was like 10 centimeters away from hitting my missus car. So... It was like, yeah, it wasn't very good. And I was like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. And then Missa came over. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? Get up. And I was like, no, don't touch me. Don't touch me. And then she was like, oh, shit. Took me straight to the hospital and got put on the green whistle. Man, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a video circulating of a rugby league dude with a green whistle. Oh. And again, he's got his leg in a brace and he's just like, Phew. and his eyes can't open. Yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah. No, it was like, just like, I remember them saying like, just focus on breathing. I'm like, and like, cause they try to, cause I couldn't, my arms were both fucking down 
embraces, they were like, oh, you just got to bite onto it and keep breathing. And so I was like, bite onto it. And then I just like, it just like, slip out of my mouth. It just like drop out of my mouth. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't, I was like too cooked. I was too cooked from the green whistle. And turns out, uh, I broke both my arms a week before my OE, so I could not fly, and I lost a lot of money doing that. Mainly, I got all my flights back. My flights oh, came back. My hostels didn't, but they were only because they were hostels. It was only like a few hundred, but I lost over half of my money in currency exchange. All my savings that I put in converted over. Once converted back, was like half. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, it, it was, but. I mean, I learned from it, and I was like, "Fuck it, I might buy a bike now." But I bought a four-wheel drive instead. So, but also, I mean, you didn't know for sure that you were gonna like. You couldn't have predicted you were gonna break your arms. No, as fuck far no. as you knew you were going on. No, nah, but that's why I say like a, a part of me was like, "Oh, I'm a bit scared. Maybe I just fucking break both my arms." Well, not both my arms. <laughs> I wasn't planning both my arms. Maybe one, but <laughs> yes, and that's what happened. So how is how is life going now? That's oh, good. It's good. I'm a little bit nervous for the building apprenticeship, but I mean, I'm nervous for every start of a new start of a new job. Oh, you were nervous when we sat down to talk to each other, mate. Yeah, I know. I was right. even when coming over to meet Jacob. Jacob. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when coming over to meet him, just fucking just nervous twenty four seven. Yeah. And uh, what's what's important to you, Dom? Family. Family. Family is most important though. Without a doubt. Like, people can be regarded as family, or they can be blood, but regardless, family, if they're as close to you as family are, it's family. I'm going to start calling you to... No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Please Your don't start that. Even don't start That's that. beautiful. Family. It's all about family. <laughs> Until he finds his brother killed his dad, and then he's all mad. I mean, that's pretty fair. Yeah, I mean... I'd, I'd be mad if my brother killed my dad. Yeah, but like after rocking on about it for eight years, or eight years, eight movies, and then all of a sudden the ninth movie, you find out your brother killed your dad and you're like, no, I fucking hate him, fuck family. Kind of contradicts the character. (laughs) Yeah, and then earlier on, so what are the, what's some of the stuff you do with your free time? Um, fuck, a lot of gaming and basically, well, somewhat studying. Not really studying, but just kind of observing uh, drum and bass mixes. So just sets on YouTube. Some some of the sets on YouTube from some of the artists that I like uh, have overhead views. And so just watching them do transitions on their mixes and everything. Just getting up my repertoire on well, my arsenal and how I can mix and what to do and what's, what's not classified, but um, considered like a an easy mix or what to do when mixing type thing. I mean... I mean, I've seen you drop a couple sets. You're clearly learning some stuff from the internet. Yeah, You're mate, teaching it's, yourself. It's... I mean, hard, to be fair, I, I didn't even start, like, observing until recently. It was like... It's just... When you're an audience member, you have a... A way that you want a, the set to go. Like, for me, I always want the set to be songs that I don't know, that I'm learning about. And then... Just as long as the flow stays, there's always like a pause. There's always like a breather part where like you've just had a mean drop and then it's like the slow build up to the chorus again. And so everyone's like, fire out. That was intense. Like, oh, at least we get a breather. And then there's always the hard bits where you go drop after drop after drop. And it's just, it's like 
orchestrating a song, but with multiple and longevity. I don't know. I just, I see sets with, well, yeah, I see drum and bass mixes, sets, whatever you want to call them, with more like, how does this please the audience? Like, what's so good about this? And then there's different mixing styles. I mean, like, there's so many different DJs. Each of them have got to have their own style, right? Yeah, for sure. And then it's just learning from there. And then a lot of... So, I was thinking about this the other day. The worst the worst gig I ever went to was Subfocus Dimension and Friction. And you went to that with me. The the big indoor one? The big ASB. indoor one. Yeah. Went once COVID had gone away for a bit and they were like, yeah, let's do this. Reason why it was so bad is because a set is mainly subject to the taste of music that that dj has and those three djs all have the same taste in music well yeah i it's all it's all each other as someone who just like i i like it i love it i go listen to it i can't read into it too much i don't mm. know how you know i'm just your average punter i guess when it comes to yeah dmb that yeah they played each other's songs over and over again like yeah. i heard three sets that were pretty much the same but the issue was, was they were all playing each other's own mm. actual tracks. But then, so Dimension wants to play his songs, but they've already been played by something. Yeah. It was, yeah, I see what you're saying in yeah. that respect. It was worst one because it was just all the same. It was the same shit for three hours. Like, well, one hour, then repeated, then repeated. But it was, yeah, it's mainly determined on taste and style of mixing i mean just some like some sets that i listen to cameron crooked i love they're very good they're very experimental they've got their own bootlegs they try they love playing their own music but it is always in a different style i've i've listened to three of their sets like over and over and over again because i just love their music and it's different every time i mean we can tell you we might we might put a photo of up, up of this at some point but uh You've definitely got a new tattoo, I can see. Oh, on that yes. Yes. It's still it's still recovering. Oh, it's pretty much all done. I mean, there's a few little bit of scabs to come back off, but... What's what's on the tattoo for the people listening? Uh, 174. The number 174. And because I'm such a DMB head, uh, you won't know it unless you know. So if you know, you know. But it is the beats per minute of your standard drum and bass song. And man, yeah, that's it's just how much you love drum and bass. It's engraved on me. I'm wearing a drum and bass label top at the moment. I've got a drum and bass label uh, lanyard. I mean, what else? I mean, hey, look, something we I want to do is if you got a SoundCloud or whatever you want to plug now or anytime in the future, I'll be back. We'll, we'll be chuck back. it. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll chuck it in this episode one day. Yeah, we can go back and change that or whatever. Because I have heard one track you've done. And uh, I'm not going to lie, trumpets, trumpets slap. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it didn't receive well with the majority, but uh, just putting it, put it with some lyrical background, so, it sounds so good. And uh, Dom, just to close this out, if you could say one thing that could change even just one person's life, what would that be? Be around people that make you happy and do things that make you happy. I mean, it's like, whether it's for money, for like cost you money, whether it's just something that you do in your spare time, maybe it's reading 
a certain book that makes you happy, do it every now and then. But if you surround yourself with people that make you happy and that appreciate you and things that you enjoy doing, then it's you're not going to have a dark day. I love it. All right, thanks, Dom. We'll catch you later. Cheers. Thank you so much, Dom, for coming and sharing your story with us. If any of you want to share your story with us, send me an email. You'll find it in the episode uh, description and the podcast description. And for anyone interested, yeah, we played a couple more games of FIFA and I lost all of them. Maybe he is better than me. Eh. Thanks, guys. See ya.